This is Sean Six from the Liquid Conversations, and I am here with none other than John Lodge of the Moody Blues. How are you doing, sir? Hi, Sean. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Yeah, very hectic period of time in my life, but uh, I'm having a great time. Uh, do, do you still feel like uh, maybe you're a little kid um, playing music way back in England and uh, just flash forward a, a few years? It, it, it does. It's absolutely, it's, it's quite amazing <laughs> that uh, you get on stage uh, and then <clears throat> age seems to disappear altogether and time. Uh, and it's all about the music, you know. I wrote a song called Saved by the Music. Uh, and really, um, that's sort of uh, who I am, really. Uh, music has been so much uh, to me uh, from the very beginning, you know. And, uh, yeah, I live by that. You know, it's interesting because, you know, we, we talk about that in jest uh, to a certain extent. But you have a, a reoccurring theme here. You're writing songs about time and about distance of time. Like, you know, most recently you have 10,000 light years ago. D- does it feel like the music is that so-called conduit, that spaceship that's making you uh, almost kind of um, maybe time warp? Well, I, I, you know, I, I think it came from, you know, I, I've always been into, uh, um, not astrology so much, but looking at the stars, I think we always, always have been, as little children, you know, <clears throat> used to see those signs, look at the sky and see the stars and everything. And um, it's just the thought that, you know, a lot of the things you see in the sky probably don't exist anymore. <laughs> True. They're at one, yeah, they're, they're at one stage, but they may not be there now. And um, to me, it's like music. I don't know when I created the music uh, and wrote the songs. It's irrelevant. What's relevant is what's happening today, you know, and uh, what it means to people, what, what you feel from the music. And I think, for me, that, that's the most important thing, you know, because people come along today and they may really have an emotion that was, you know, well, however many years ago. It's irrelevant, really, because the emotion is what they're feeling today. And... Uh, I think that's what the, the relationship probably between uh, time and who we are today. That is a good point because you're known for being a very amazing songwriter and you've received many accolades for it and you have the respect of your peers and your fans. Do you think that maybe that disconnect with how society now approaches when something happened and so on and so forth affects how people write music now compared to maybe your generation where they were a little more mystical about it? I, I, I think in... Uh, you know, when I grew up, uh, it was about the music, and it was about young people coming together through music. And it doesn't matter. I mean, I came to, to music through rock and roll. Right. Uh, America gave America gave me rock and roll. <laughs> gave me little Little Richard and uh, Eddie Cochran, and of course uh, Buddy Holly. America gave me that. And and if you read, you know, listen to the music and listen to the feeling. It was about energy. It was about uh, young people uh, going a different direction that had been come from the probably the austerity of the warriors and everything else. You know, I, I have no idea. Right. But there was a, a brave, a brave new world approach to rock and roll from you. And um, I think what's happened today, that brave new world, has now reached into politics. And uh, uh, you know, I think music and politics. Yeah, they're not, they're not for me. They're not for me. Um, the politics, politics are for these people who want to sit down and tell you 
what you should be doing. That's not what life's about for me. Life is not about that. That's a really good point because it does seem like there was a certain time, obviously, maybe during the era when Vietnam was going on and so on and so forth. A lot of bands wrote about politics and war and so on and so forth, and it had its place. But now people seem to be getting more concerned about maybe just puffing out their chest and voicing their opinion instead of trying to actually have a real message in their music. I, I think during the Vietnam period of time, um, it was young people trying to, you know, say to older people, hey, listen, you've got young people out there fighting this war for you. Right. You know, what are you doing? And, um, you know, I, I think I wrote a song called Singing a Rock and Roll Band uh, because people were asking me about those type of things, you know. And I, in that song, I, I put things like uh, riots by the people for the people who are only destroying this world, you know, because it was like, oh, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? You know, and uh, when you see what is really happening in the world at that period of time, uh, it was a total confusion, you know, and uh, uh, young people were... You know, we were, we were, we were in those days, we were touring, uh, flying on planes, coming back and you get a plane you get a, on a plane in Seattle right. uh, at one o'clock in the morning and you know, you got twenty guys who are seventeen or eighteen years of age and they've just flown in from their first tour of duty in Vietnam, you know, and there was us going do it doing a rock and roll gig. You know, the uh, the anomaly was just unbelievable, you know. They could, you know, it was just pulls apart to who I was and uh, what was going on. You know, I, I've had a conversation over the last year or so with a few different artists, and it, and it started with a close friend of mine who is a drummer in a band that's been around for about 20 years. And they've toured internationally, and they've achieved a certain level of success. But he's had this conversation with myself about he has a, a bit of a problem when people come to him and say, you know, it must be nice not having a real job um, because he plays in a band. And he, he gets very he gets kind of annoyed with that, saying, you know, what about what I do isn't really a job because of how much I have to sacrifice and how much I have to do and, and all the, you know, to prepare and practice and, and all the business aspect of it and so on and so forth. When you talk about getting on a plane in Seattle and there's young men that are coming back from their first tour of duty and you're, you know, a singer in a band, just, you know, just a singer in a rock and roll band, how do you feel about what you do uh, do you feel that it's a job, or do you feel that it's, you know, maybe a luxury? Uh, I don't. I don't feel it's either one of those things. Um, I, I think if you go back, uh, probably in time, jobs were really created through the industrial revolution, and uh, before the industrial revolution, there's no such things as jobs. Um, you were an artisan. Right. Uh, you were, <clears throat> you know, you either loved working in the fields, looking after sheep or cows or growing food or whatever, or you love making uh, uh, carpentry, you know, you're an artisan, you're people, and the, the jobs, you know, uh, for me, the job thing really only came through the Industrial Revolution. Um, I realize, I think you have to realize in life, or try to, if you get the opportunity, to find out who you are, and then where you fit in the scheme of things. Um, because it is a, a huge pattern. I believe it's a huge pattern. You have to find out where you, where you sit. And um, I realized uh, I, I, I wanted to be a car designer. Right. I, mean, I, spent, I spent my whole life drawing cars, you know. Uh, <clears throat> but 
uh, when I was sort of at 16, 17, I really realized that music was who I was. And I couldn't put a guitar down. It wasn't a job. I just wanted to pick the guitar up and play and play and play. And uh, that's what I've done ever since. And um, it's, it's not a job. Uh, it's not a luxury. Um, uh, you know, you're away from home a lot. Um, you have your family, you have your children. Uh, but the most important thing for me is to keep the energy and to keep the love and to keep the relationships with your family together. That, for me, that's the most important thing. And I think if you can do that, it's not a job. It's a way of life. That's a very good statement right there. It's a way of life. I, I agree with you 100%. It's, uh, it's your chosen path whether you realize it or not. It, absolutely. John, I wanted to congratulate you before we started talking about the tour and the recent album. I want to congratulate you on the recent induction of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How does that feel to you the to to achieve that accolade or to receive that accolade i guess would be a better way to put it yeah it, it, well you know up until i received it, it it wasn't the biggest thing in my life <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you know rock and roll as said early rock and roll came from america to the uk right uh, and uh, we sort of repackaged it, sent it back. <laughs> uh, but but america's got the uh the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, where right. all the icons that English people or British people couldn't actually be, you know, at the time. And um, and so when, you know, people were talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and uh, you're not in it and, you know, maybe one day you will be, uh, it didn't really hit me until we'd actually been inducted. And then when I got to the, uh, you know, Cleveland and we were there, I suddenly realized how uh, important and emotional it was uh, that suddenly I was. I mean, my hero is Buddy Holly, and I saw Buddy Holly live in Birmingham with the crickets when I was sort of 13 years of age. And um, to be able to stand in the same, uh, you know, call it museum, whatever, rock and hall of fame. Right. And stand shoulder to shoulder with Buddy Holly. To me, it's the greatest accolade I could ever get, because uh, just absolute my hero, you know. And to be there where Buddy Holly is, it's just just phenomenal for me. And um, that's what it meant emotionally. I suddenly realised. And then, <clears throat> to be honest, going back into your time question earlier, I, I suddenly thought, just a minute, you know, my grandson, when he grows up, he'll probably bring his children there and go, hey, do you know that was my granddad? <laughs> and you suddenly go, yeah, yeah, it is very emotional. And you suddenly then start to think of all the people who vote for you. And you think, what, what we must have meant to someone's life right. to actually take the time and effort to actually vote for you, you know, it's just amazing. And I'm very grateful to, uh, you know, everyone who voted. Well, clearly uh, everybody's still very excited about you performing and you making music. Uh, you recently put out an album called 10,000 Light Years Ago, and you're supporting it with a tour to go with the live version, the live from Birmingham, the 10,000 Light Years tour. And how's it going? I mean, are you still having just as much fun as you did, you know, 40 years ago? 
on tour? I'm having a great time. I really am. I've got uh, my musicians who are with me are just fantastic musicians. Uh, musicians I couldn't have dreamed of 40 years ago. <laughs> uh, but they are wonderful guys. Uh, and I'm having a great time, you know, and the audience reaction is absolutely superb. And, uh, you know, I'm actually doing songs from the obviously my 10,000 Light Years album. Yep. So I'm doing some mo- classic Moody Blues songs. Yep. I'm doing tributes to Ray Thomas and Mike Pinder and the show as well. And so I'm doing really what I want to do and I'm just trying to take the, the audience on a musical journey. Uh, and as you said through earlier, through a time and taking them up and down and uh, uh, bringing them back to where they uh, started from and Hopefully they leave with uh, an emotion that they've enjoyed the concert. From what I've heard so far, that is definitely what you're imparting on people that are coming. They're leaving with a complete new appreciation for you and for the music that they grew up listening to and then also to the most recent music. You're playing here in Arlington, Mass., which is just on the outskirts of the city, at the Regent Theater. What's next for you and the band? Is there potentially more music? We've got one more Midi Blues concert uh, in San Diego. Uh, And then next year, I'm... um, on a, I'm, I'm on a cruise with the Yes Band uh, called Cruise to the Edge. Yep. We go leaving out of Tampa in February, going down to Mexico, so that should be great fun. And then in February, I'm doing a concert in Inokali in, um, in Florida on February the 10th. So that's my most immediate plans, and then, uh, then we'll see what goes on from there. Awesome. John, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. John, thank you very much. Thank you for the interview. The Liquid Conversations podcast is brought to you by Dirt Bag Clothing. Wear it till it stinks.